Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy last Friday of the year. Isn't that exciting? It's the last Friday of the year. What will you feel with? What a question to consider. Okay, we are actually going to talk about time this morning. It seems to be a, a big topic on God's mind. And so um, I, I've had a, a couple different encounters. One was a dream and one was a vision. And I want to get into that because I think that it's it's definitely one part for this next year, this next season, this next era. It can be so dramatic. And um, but before we can really uh, do the topic of time service, we have to go and look at the 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 sons of Issachar. Issachar was one of the the tribes, one of um, Jacob's sons that um, split off into an entire tribe, and they were known for wisdom and discernment in regard to time. And I, I found a fascinating article on it because we really don't have a whole lot of um, scriptural foundation concerning Issachar, but there is one passage that's really interesting. And it just says, and of the children of Issachar, men who understood the times that they might know what Israel should do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brothers were at their command. And so it, it, Zebulun was a very small tribe. There were about 200. And these guys are known for knowing who God has, has tagged it for the season. And so with, um, Leaders like Deborah, for instance, these guys knew that that God had put Deborah in a place of authority for a purpose. And no, it wasn't because there were no men available. It was because God had intention and purpose to spill out of Deborah and the sons of Issachar knew it. So they backed her. The same is true of David. We see we see this tribe backing the people that, that God has dropped influence into for that time. They were, they studied um, astrology and astronomy. I mean, they just, they knew seasons and they knew time. People were um, really leaned into them to even know when to plant. So, so these guys, they had, they had a lot of wisdom vested in them by God. And I find them fascinating, especially knowing that they were one of the smaller tribes. And what also I find interesting is that there were three tribes that were sent to go out in front of everyone else. And it was Judah. We all know about Judah because Judah means praise and God sent his worshipers out front. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that we need to take a closer look at what that might've been like, because I'm guessing our Mamby Pamby worship won't do. And they, they, there had to have been a violence on Judah for them to have gone out front because I, how else would this have worked? You know? Anybody else thought about that? Just me? Okay. And then there was Issachar. Issachar went with them because, you know, again, they they had um, wisdom and discernment and, and knew the times. They knew when seasons were changing. And then the tribe of Zebulun, and they are known for their wisdom in finance. So we here we have praise. We have um, knowledge of time and seasons, and we have wisdom in finance. Wow. So we could like really take some lessons from that alone and knowing what it is that, that God is highlighting in the season as we move into a time of restoration. Now, 
We've been living in a time of having intel like Issachar has had, right? We've known, right? We have, we've known things. God has shared secrets with, with his friends, the prophets. We've known things. We've, we've even blabbed about these known things. But the problem is, is there has not really been a whole lot of activity on the backside of the knowledge and the understanding of what it is that God is doing. It's stopped short. Enter the apostolic era, right? We have to have some action on the backside of, of all of this. And, and this brings me to the dream. I had a dream last night. And you guys, this was so fascinating. There were two different things that happened in this dream. One was, um, and, and these, these, these are people that I, I know very, very well. And, and so I know the details of their life right now. One was my son-in-law had returned after being gone for two days. However, his hair had grown out significantly in these two days and he looked different. And, and, and I was bewildered in my dream. Like, how are you back? Like this, I was so confused and he really only had been gone for two days. Now, it wasn't until I woke up that I could really like look into this dream going, what in the world happened? So in these two days of, of his being gone, he came back as if lived years of his life. And, and I know what God is saying, that we really need to get a handle on our relationship with time, right? Um, Justin Abraham just released a podcast. I don't know. Was that, I think a couple of weeks ago, maybe about time. And in it, he says something along, I'm terrible at quoting people, you should know this by now, but he says something along the lines of, um, we don't serve time, time serves us. And, and he, he was equating it to, you know, imprisonment, that when we, when we consider ourselves serving time, it is like imprisonment. And, and time is actually to serve us. We live above space and time. And that needs to become our new relationship with time. Um, probably, I don't know, two months ago, I was on my way to Topeka for our Wednesday night gathering. And I was by myself and it was a glorious, a glorious time spent in the car. How many of you love to be in the car alone? Just sheer silence. Anyone else? <laughs> this is one of my favorite places. I love to be in the car and there not be no radio, no nothing, just me and the voice of God. <laughs> it's just kind of like this um, getaway for me. I don't know. But anyway, so it was it was a, an hour drive where God was just just going on and on about things. And, and he began to talk to me about tent making. And I knew where he was going with this. And I had so convinced myself that my life was crammed full, overflowing, that there was no space for anything else. And I could probably prove that. However, he is, he's like challenging me in this conversation going like, are you sure? Like, are you sure there's no more time in your life to do other things? And, and so I really started to, to consider carefully his words and, um, and, and wonder, oh my gosh, like how could I fit more things into my schedule? How can I accomplish 
more. And I started to to realize that with this this relationship that I had with time, that if it shifted, then time would serve me. And, and, and it's been powerful. And so saying yes to the things that God is presenting before us will actually, if we have the right relationship with time, will actually carve out more space that we didn't know we had. And, and that has been true. Now, have things been a little crazy? Yes, uh, that we're, I'm still trying to like get a footing in, in the space that God has me in. However, there has never been a time where I'm like feeling pressed for time. Like I can't fit the additional things in to, to what it is that, that God has me doing. And so we need to change our relationship with time in order to fulfill what it is that, that God is doing. And so that part of the dream was really interesting. And I know that God was just getting at something. He was just using somebody who was um, in my life to convey a message that you need to change your mind significantly. We're not talking about small measures. We're not talking about waking up 30 minutes earlier so we can cram something else in. We're talking about restoration time. If we're going to steward this season of restoration well, we have to have a better relationship with time. Because if we don't, then we're going to reject the things that he's wanting to do because we don't have proper understanding of it. So in my dream, you know, two years go by in two days and I'm standing there befuddled because I don't have a proper relationship with time. Does that make sense? I hope this is making sense because I think that what what he is about to do is restore time that feels as if it was wasted or that, you know, the scripture of the the um, restoring the years that the the canker worm have destroyed. And, and I think that that's what we're entering into. <laughs> Me too, Anne-Marie. I love to say words like befuddled. Um, sometimes I don't know where these words come from. <laughs> I don't actually talk like this. Um, so the other, actually, I want to tell you about an, an encounter that I had on Wednesday night, um, Pepper, Virginia, and I were just chatting around the table and as conversations go, they turned into God moments and, um, and we ended up, um, just ministering, um, to, to Virginia and, um, and, and God was just calling out some, some gifts in her. And, and it was really powerful that on the backside of that, God had given me a vision of, of Virginia interacting with another person. And all she did was reach over and grab hold of this is how I heard it, you guys. She she laid hold of God's intention in this person, ripped it out because it was it was violent. It was there was a ripping out, and there was hardly any action on her part. She just grabbed hold of the pure intention of God and ripped it out, like pulled it forth from this person, and what was false just fell flat to the ground. And the only thing left was the purity of God's intention of this person. And, and I know that, that this is the kind of power that is housed in Virginia, but what I know God is getting at is that this is the apostolic anointing that he is revealing right now, like in the earth today. And I am so excited about it because we are about to see, we are about to see the, that, um, that Issachar anointing have action on the backside of it, right? Where it's not just going to be about blabbing the word of the Lord. There's actually going to be 
action. There's going to be a manifestation of the word of the Lord. And so we're, how do you do that? Pull it out. It was spiritual, <laughs> Anne-Marie. I don't know. <laughs> it was spiritual and it was Virginia. And if you've never had a moment with Virginia, then I just don't know that I can do it justice to attempt to explain when she opens her mouth to declare the things of God, the entire room heats up by 20 degrees. Uh, spiritual things. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. There is a lot of power in that 92 year old vessel. <laughs> Every, everyone should have a moment with Virginia. That's all I'm going to say. But I, I know that it's, it's not just about Virginia. It's about the apostolic, that there will be these kinds of signs and wonders that accompany the this new this new outpouring of glory that that is coming and and it has everything to do with restoration because that was an act of restoration where she was able to just identify it right identify the pure intention of the lord in the person and just be able to pull it just pull it out and you know we we we've been um uh, we've been uh gold diggers Right. As prophetic people, we've been able to identify the gold in one another. We've been trained to not um, not talk about the dirt, to find the gold, to, to really to, to see and reveal that pure intention of the father within individuals. But it's no longer going to end there. It's not going to stop at just announcing it. We're going to have the ability to actually see that thing manifest. Anyone tired of going round and round and round the same mountain in relationship with people, hoping and praying that, that, that God's, God's intention in their life would be seen. Anyone? Like, I, I'm ready for these things to manifest. Okay, so the other part of my dream was, um, and this was wild, you guys, because this was not in a church setting at all. It was in a, um, I'm going to say an industry setting and, um, and, and the, the apostolic anointing was thick, thick in this place. And what I can say is that, um, it felt like being in a powerful church setting. I mean, seriously, being in this place of, um, of business, honestly, it felt like that thick, weighty glory, and and all that was happening is the the apostolic anointing was in motion, and and what happened because of this pure, powerful display of the apostolic was instantly, and I'm telling you, it was instant, instant beyond instant. It was as if time was regained and oh, I get a little emotional thinking about it. And, and minds were changed immediately. And it was as if there was never a gaping wound in this scenario. And, and not only were minds changed as if bewildered, like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. It was it was a change of heart and it was a change of action. There were, um, there were people getting behind what it was that was going on. Like, where do I fit in? And not just like wanting to talk about me, 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 but how do I do this now? Like I'm in now. And so what I know, and I don't know, gosh, I'm hoping you guys that this makes sense what it is that I'm saying. Cause it was, it was very, very powerful. Um, is that we need the apostolic people in our lives to be broke open. 
If you know apostolic people, you have got to start praying for them. We have to. We have to start praying for them because God's intention in their life is is powerful. There is there is so much authority on the apostolic moving forward, and we need what it is that they have because here's the deal: when when someone who is a gift to the church, right? who's functioning in the office of the apostolic begins to release the glory that has been invested in them. Everyone gets to play in that glory. Does that make sense? So when, when Christ has given a gift to the church, it's not just for that person to become the it person, right? We we're done with that, right? That that's, that's gone. It means that everyone gets to play. It means that the the apostolic people when when they are displaying the magnificent glory of the father everybody gets to jump in and be part of that thing so i might not be apostolic by nature but i will gain more apostolic dna by partnering with the apostles in my life to be able to do the things that they are doing is this making sense? So those of you that that maybe maybe you're a prophet, maybe you're evangelist, maybe you're, you're you have teacher DNA, whatever it is that you've got going on. Oh, shepherds, I see you. I see you, Christy Fry. Um, <laughs> you, you will be able to also walk in that apostolic anointing. It's the same way with the prophetic. If there's a prophet in the room, everybody gets to prophesy, right? It's it's just the, the nature of the gift. So when you have an apostle in the room doing the things, everybody gets to do the things. And we know that signs, wonders, and miracles is what follows the, the apostolic. And not just the apostolic, but we, we know that that's one thing that 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 is really said in scripture is that um, these things would follow the apostles, it signs, wonders, and, and miracles. And so I, I am terribly excited about this because it has everything to do with restoration and, and not just some ambiguous idea of restoration. We're talking about restoration of family lines. And I know that there is not a single person alive that doesn't need their family line restored, right? We all do. This is, this applies to everyone in the church or out of the church, everyone. And what I am most excited about, because it'll be easy for the church to lay hold of this, but what I'm most excited about is to see how this impacts the secular part of the world. How, how, how is God planning to, to bring about restoration to those who don't know, right? To those who don't have an intimate relationship with the Father, how are they going to be affected by this, by God's intention to bring about restoration to family life? And so the apostolic is going to be super, super important in the days ahead because the apostolic just has a natural knee-jerk reaction to build. And that just simply means to do, right? To, to put action to everything. These are the people that are going to become bored very quickly if all we're doing is sitting around singing Kumbaya. 
Okay. They want to see movement. They want to see progress. They want to see people moving forward. They want the plan of action. Am I right? Vincent Treem. These these people are are discontent where there is a lack of, of movement. So if you do not have apostolic people in your life, go find them. Ask Jesus to reveal to you who they are because they are important people in the days of he- ahead. And we need to really press into what God is doing in their lives. I just feel like they're carrying the keys. They're carrying the keys to this, this restoration process that is just burning on the heart of God. Like I can feel the burning of his heart concerning restoration. In fact, we had, um, we started to pray into this a little bit on, on Wednesday and, and God took me into a space that he was calling restoration. Um, Pepper had, had opened up some doors uh, of restoration prior to this encounter. And, and I just simply entered in, you know, she, she invited us prayerfully to, to step across, no grass grows under Virginia's feet. Yes. Um, she invited us to step across this threshold um, of, of restoration. And, and I just simply did. And, and once there, it, it felt like it felt like Santa's workshop, but it wasn't like so whimsical that it was cartoonish. I hope that makes sense. But everything was golden in this place. Everything was was working. Everything had order, but and it was all working. There wasn't there wasn't a lack of movement in this place. And it's so fun when we when I have encounters, I can always revisit them. I can always go back and and review. Okay, what was actually happening there? And and I could see. You know how clocks have like those cogs that are moving in in opposite direction. And that was that was almost everything in the space had constant movement just and and order like ordered chaos does that make sense <laughs> that's how i feel like the throne room is if you read through anything in in revelation concerning the throne room you know that this is chaos we we like to pretend like there is this pristine order in the presence of god but that's a bunch of poo because um, there is, there is, um, there is sheer chaos. Okay, it's it's lightning, it's thunder, it's chanting, it's groaning, it's the clinking of of crowns hitting the floor. It's it's the flapping of wings. It's the oh my gosh! Can you imagine how loud eyeballs are? I don't know. To me, that has a sound. <laughs> And so there, it's not going to be a, a season of um, uh, where there's like this this uh, tranquil, somber thing. It's going to be movement, and I hope it's loud, you know. So um, anyway, I'm going to keep it short. That's what I have to say for today. Consider your relationship with time. That's uber important, and find out who the apostolic people are in your life and. Ask God for a revelation of what it is that they're carrying and how that's going to affect you. Until next time, friends. Yes, Lisa, eyeballs. I know how much you love them. (laughs) Until next time, we'll talk later. Hey, you guys can tune in on Sunday. However, because it is New Year's Day, we are waiting to meet in the evening. So we'll be live around 6.30 p.m. We're going to worship first and then we will be on. Talk to you later.